Good morning, everybody. It is the uh, day before uh, Valentine's Day, 2024, February 13th. My name is Larry Jacobs. This is Pre-K-12 Education Talk Radio, and thanks so much for being here today. And thanks to my guests, who will bring on in just a second, Dr. Brian Rosenberg, returning guest, former president of McAllister College in Minnesota and visiting professor over at the Harvard Graduate School of Education and author of a great book about higher education called <laughs> Whatever It Is, I'm Against It. Thank you, Groucho. And uh, it's a great book. We did, we did an interview a few months ago about it. And just uh, terrific how hard it is to create change in higher education. And Brian's an expert on it, but he's also an expert on something else. He works with what's called the African Leadership University. And I've learned about it. And you're going to learn about it. And he goes over to Kigali, Rwanda, every so often. And I'm going to find out if he goes over to the uh, other place where the African Leadership University has a campus, which is the island of Mauritius. And if you don't know where Mauritius is, it's the place where if you live in Madagascar, you go to get away from it all in the middle of the Indian Ocean, I think. Okay, I looked at it on Google Earth today. So we're going to be talking about what African Leadership University is, what they're trying to do, et cetera, with Brian, who um, works with them as a consultant, as a professor. He's going to explain it all to us. It's just an interesting little piece of education that I think we all could use a little lesson in. It's just something that's very unique and very cool and very important. We'll archive over at ace-ed.org. That's A-C-E-D.org, the home website of our American Consortium for Equity and Education. And over there, you'll find our magazine, Equity and Access. Everything's free over there, our online journal, Equity and Access. You'll find all the podcasts are over there, plus a ton of other information, as well as some great information on the awards program. So please check it all out. It's over at ace-ed.org. And with that, good morning, Brian. It's Larry here. Uh, good, mo- good morning, Larry. Nice to talk with you again. Thank you. Thank you for being here, my friend. Where are you today? Uh, I am, again, in Cambridge, Massachusetts, where we were supposed to get snowmageddon, but right now I'm looking at rain. Okay. I was just going to ask you about that. As you know, I'm two hours north of you. We're not getting anything. The storm is staying <laughs> south, and they, they predicted nothing, and they were right that we're not getting anything. But uh, you guys, the schools were closed, et cetera, et cetera. The yeah, closed they closed the everything. <laughs> yeah, they closed everything, and uh, right now it's, the streets are just wet. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's going to get snowy a little bit later, but I don't know if it's going to be enough to close the schools. But I think you're going to get something around noontime or so. So we'll yeah, look well, forward to we'll, it. We'll see. It'll remind you of Minnesota. Lovely place. Yes. Yes, it's good. Yes. It's good. And uh, that, that's, that's excellent. And welcome back. Okay. Now, I have to tell you this. I, I did a little research before the show on uh, the African Leadership University, which you are so heavily involved in. And um, – I noticed that it is a um, institution that has two campuses, and we talked about the one you visit, mm-hmm. I think, which is Kigali in, in Rwanda. Mm-hmm. And I hope this time you go to visit see the gorillas. You going to go over mm-hmm. and see the gorillas? Uh, one of these one of these trips, I have to go and see the gorillas. You got to do it. You got to do it. I know. But the other campus, the other campus of ALU, mm-hmm. is on the mm-hmm. island of Mauritius, which I knew at least was an island. It okay. Is a- <laughs> I knew that's correct. correct. I did, but I didn't know where. And I looked it up on Google Earth today, and literally it is way east, way east 
of Madagascar. And it's a small yeah. island, and this is in the, I can't even pronounce it, the Pamplemou, I guess it's French, mm-hmm. uh, district, which I, I guess is the capital city. Do you know that? Is it? I don't yes, know. yes, I've been there. Yeah, well, oh, tell me about it. Before we go any further, tell me about Mauritius. So my first trip to ALU was actually to the campus in Mauritius, which is, the, wow. which is actually the first ALU campus. That's where it was founded. The reason wow. it was founded in Mauritius was, is because Mauritius is, um, is probably the country that is, even though it's an island, it's considered part of Africa with the most stable and democratic government. Uh, wow. And so it seemed like uh, a good and safe place to establish a new university. So there's, there's still a campus there. Uh, it's smaller than the Kigali campus. Uh, Mauritius is a paradise. It, I, I would highly recommend anyone who has an opportunity to visit Mauritius. It's got some of the most beautiful beaches in the world. It's got beautiful mountains. It's, it really is a lovely place with lovely people. It's paradise. And, uh, you know, everybody wants to get away with it. All. They think of the, uh, there was just a joke yesterday in New York Times, the Falkland Islands. And this is Africa's, <laughs> <laughs> what I'm telling you, it's way out there. It's way out there. Yeah. Okay. And, it's, uh, it's wow, I didn't know anything about it. It's that spot beautiful. It's a democracy. And it's, it's good. Yeah, talk about mm-hmm. it. This is great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, it's, um, it's very multicultural. Uh, it draws a lot from, um, from the east, so from the uh, Indian subcontinent and ah. from the continent of Africa and, and from Europe. Like most of Africa, it was colonized at one point. So um, some people speak English, some people see, speak French, some people what they speak what they call Creole. So it's well, a it's a super interesting and diverse and and thriving place. I, I, most people, including myself, who prides myself, I might add, on my knowledge of geography and cultures and all that, find it absolutely incredible that I uh, really didn't even know where it was. So wow, wow, how do you fly there? What do you do? Where do you go? Uh, it takes a long. So the easiest way to get there from where I am is you fly from uh, Boston. To um, to Paris, and then there's a direct flight from De Gaulle to Mauritius. So it takes really? a long time, but it's not that complicated. That's a long way, Paris to it Mauritius. Is a, it, it's a very long way. That's about a 12, 13 hour flight. Yeah, and it's got, and it also, I would imagine people go. A lot of people go their own vacation because it sounds like it's paradise. Like you said, it's paradise. Wow. A lot of people from um, from France, uh, especially since there's a, there's a lot of French speakers there. A lot of people from Europe go there on vacation. Well, there you go. Welcome to America. I had to look on a map to figure out where it was. Okay, what can I tell you? All right, and I'm glad I did. Now I know. Okay, all right. Let's learn about this. How'd you get involved with ALU, the African Leadership University? Tell us what it is and how they find Brian Rosenberg. Uh, so uh, ALU was founded by a man named Fred Swanaker, who is a 1999 graduate of McAllister College, and I've known Fred yeah, there you go. for a long time. Um, he, I was not president when he was a student. I'm old, but not that old. Uh, <laughs> but we got to know each other over the years when he was I mean, a, What year did he gradu- was he graduate in 1999? 1999, yeah. Uh, yeah. And... Um, we brought him back one year. We gave him an honorary degree. He was a commencement speaker. I had spoken to him a lot about the work he was doing at Africa on education. And so when I 
when I stepped down from my position at McAllister, he reached out and said, would you, would you come and help us uh, try to establish or continue to establish this university in Africa? And it seemed to me like a, a, an extraordinarily interesting opportunity. Uh, most Good college idea. presidents fantasize about what it would be like if you could create a university from scratch. And essentially, that's what ALU is. ALU was founded uh, in 2015 uh, with the goal of trying to provide high-quality, financially accessible education on the continent that is the least well-served by higher education in the world. Uh, only 9% of students who graduate from high school in Africa uh, go on to uh, post-secondary education. And, and that's a result of both cost and scarcity. And so ALU was designed to try to address that problem. Could we do something that at least the middle class in Africa, which is small, uh, can afford, that can provide scholarships to students who can afford to pay nothing, uh, that can design a model of education that costs much, nice. much less than the model in the U.S., and that works. And so that's what we've been working on now, certainly for the – three-plus years that I've been involved with ALU, but really going back to its founding in 2015. Oh, you're coming up to the 10th year anniversary. That's cool. We are, yeah. The yeah. 10th year anniversary of the Mauritius campus will be celebrated in 2025. And you will be going, I assume? Will you be going? I, that's my plan, yeah. It'll be, it'll be fun. Wow. And again, a long flight, for goodness sakes. Okay. I, why did – what's that gentleman's name again? Say it again. Uh, Fred Swanaker. Fr Fr Fritz or Fred? He is Fred Swanaker. He is uh, by birth from Ghana. Okay, he's from Ghana. He wants to have an African university. I don't know if you know the answer to this. So why would he put it? It would be like I want to have an American university. I'm going to put it in Hawaii on the west side of uh, the, the, the smallest island. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, well, why did he put it in Mauritius? And I know you, you described this wonderful place, but it is far away from the, literally the continent. Right. I think that the plan always was to open at least one other campus on the continent itself. But of all the countries in Africa, Mauritius is one of the ones where uh, it is easiest to set up uh, an economically stable and safe campus. As I said, it's a, it's a democracy. Uh, its economy is strong. And so if you want to set something up and not have to worry about things like political disruption, which as you know, happens frequently yeah. in Africa. Yeah. Uh, Mauritius seemed like a, a very stable place to start. So that's why it started there. But, but again, the goal was always to establish uh, at least one other campus, potentially more. And so the Kigali campus was opened a couple of years later in 2017. Yeah. Wow. And how many kids go? Do you know? Uh, it's up to now about 22 or 2300. So when I joined, uh, when I joined three and a half years ago, it was probably closer to a thousand. So it's, I would wow. say it's more than doubled in size in the time I've been working with ALU. And and what do you do? What are you doing there, Brian? Um, my role, I have two roles at this point. Uh, first of all, I am what is called senior advisor. Uh, the senior, I think, is a nod to my age. Uh, and I work with the leadership team and the learning design team uh, to try to establish uh, a, a, an effective learning model uh, and to help a team that is, for the most part, very young 
develop its leadership skills. And I'm also now a member of the of the board, like like most nonprofit universities around the world. ALU has a board, and I am now uh, vice chair of the board as well. So I have an oversight role, but also an advisory role. Well, it, it, you must feel good about this. This is really a nice thing, and it's a fun thing. Oh, I, honestly, it feels like um, both the most interesting and potentially the most impactful thing I've done in my career. I love education. Oh. I feel like everything I've done as a teacher and as an administrator has had a, a social impact, but uh, if we could really get this off the ground, uh, I think it has the potential not just to affect education in Africa, but to affect higher education around the world. Why do you say that? Why do you say that? Because there's no, place, there's no place in the world that isn't facing at least some of the same problems with higher education, uh, beginning with the fact that it's too expensive. Uh, and because it's so expensive, it is inaccessible to large portions of the population around the world and in the United States. Mm -hmm. uh, and so we, we simply need to find a way to bend the cost curve of higher education while maintaining a higher level of quality than most online programs have had to this point. And so the model that ALU is trying to develop, if it works, uh, is one that has the potential to offer education that's both high quality and less expensive, which also could reach a lot of underserved populations in the United States. And it would be wonderful. What's the model? How are they, how are they doing? Because they, they have a physical campus, and there's, there, mm -hmm. there are students on campus. Okay. Right. Do they so have you can describe it as a hybrid trick? model. What, what's the model? You could describe yeah. it as hybrid. You could describe it as blended. Um, I would describe ALU as, as an experiential university. So the way the model works is all students spend the first term on one of the campuses. Uh, all students take exactly the same curriculum during that first term. It's what's called the leadership core. And it's designed to uh, instill in students both the hard skills and the soft skills necessary to be an effective learner. So they do some of the things you'd expect, courses in, in writing for impact, speaking for impact, courses on quantitative reasoning, uh, but they also take courses on soft skills, things like resilience, creativity, teamwork, uh, all the things that you need not just to be a successful student, but to be successful when you leave the university and the workplace. And then once they, they complete that, that in-person first term and they really become sort of acculturated to ALU, then their learning is blended. Uh, some of their courses are online. Uh, some of their courses are in person, delivered by a visiting faculty. Uh, a lot of their work is what we call experiential, so learning by doing. Uh, there's a lot of evidence, and we know it from our lives, that people learn more by doing things than by sitting in a classroom and listening. So a lot of the education at ALU involves things like internships uh, and actually going out into the field. Uh, so if you're studying agriculture, you might spend time working on a farm. Uh, and the advantage of this is would not it, only would it be do you a, learn a lot. Ask, would it be a farm in Mauritius or would it be a farm well, in Kigali or would it be a farm in your would, home country? I'm going to say Ghana, whatever the case may be. It could be any of those things. So it could be, a, a, it could be working on a farm in, in Rwanda. But if you are uh, from Ghana or you're from Uganda, it could be working on a farm that's near where you live. It doesn't ha you're not limited to any one particular location. And 
Now, the advantage of this is not only do students learn a lot, but it's a lot less expensive. Most of the, most of the people who take on these interns um, are looking for the kind of really smart, really inexpensive work that they can do. And so it's a mix. Every student is required. The, the three, it's a three-year bachelor's degree. They don't have the long breaks the way we have in the U.S. So it's you know <laughs> it's already it's, spring. It's, yeah, it's already spring break. It just started after. Uh, yeah, good, good. right. So it's basically a semester yeah. three weeks, semester three weeks, semester three weeks for three years. Yeah. So you get all the credits in, and one semester each year is an experiential semester. You're supposed to be doing internship work or some sort of work where you're out in the community. Uh, and, you know, this is necessary in Africa because even if you wanted to recreate the American model, there aren't enough PhDs. Uh, you could not recreate a McAllister or a Harvard uh, or a Colby even if you wanted to because there aren't enough people to teach it and there aren't enough people to afford it. So this has the advantage of being less expensive. The, the annual tuition is $3,000 a year. Uh, and wow. it also has the advantage of really doing a good job of preparing students to get jobs after they graduate. Most ALU graduates are employed within six months of graduation. The average in Africa for a college graduate is over five years. And so clearly this model is attractive to employers because they're getting people who've actually worked. Uh, and have actually made right. connections and have actually learned these practical things. So, um, and the other thing that's really worth emphasizing is students don't choose a major, they choose a mission. So rather than saying, I'm going to major in English, I'm going to major in history, ALU has what they call the, the 14 grand challenges and opportunities for Africa. So uh, things like urbanization, agriculture, conservation, um, women's empowerment, uh, government. And so you choose a mission, and then you design your education around that particular mission, which has the advantage of being something that really ties in to your passion and to your practical interests, and also being much more interdisciplinary than a typical American major. So it's a, it's a very different it's a very different model, which leads to a different academic structure and a different curriculum. And why does he call this, and why does the group call it Africa? And this is uh, African Leadership University. Why didn't he just call it African University? Okay, he's got a goal here. Okay, yeah. And, and, yes. and, and just talk about that. Why? Why? He's, there, there's a goal here, and it's obviously to improve Africa and African education, and et cetera, et cetera. Just talk about that. It, it, that's a really an important little factor in this. It is, uh, and I honestly, I wish we had something called the American Leadership University. Uh, well, um, well, let's go. So, <laughs> <laughs> so the founding of ALU goes back, actually it goes back to, to Fred Swanaker's senior thesis at McAllister, uh, where he wrote about the fact that the, the, what was holding Africa back at this was the absence of strong and ethical leadership. That, I mean, we see this uh, every day in Africa. You know, his argument was that in order for Africa to take the next step in its evolution, it needed a new generation of effective and ethical leaders. And the only way to produce those leaders was through education. So the university has a very, and this is, again, a little different from a lot of American universities, which 
try to be all things to all people. The goal of ALU is very simple. They want to educate the next generation of leaders for the continent, leaders in government, leaders in business, leaders in in education, leaders in the social sector. So there's really a lot of focus in all of the education on what it takes, what it means to be a leader, which doesn't always mean being the loudest person in the room. Uh, and often means being willing to sacrifice your own interests for the interests of others. But it's a very particular mission designed for a crucial need on the African continent. And so, so that's why leadership is in the name of the institution. It, 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 uh, to, to say I'm going to do all this as Fred did in his head in the, in the year 2000 or something is great. How did he ever put this together? I mean, who did he it go was to? A, it, well, it was a multi-step process. Uh, he I mean, began, I have to start like, Larry University. Where do I start? Yeah, Larry's Leadership you know, University. Where do I start? You know, you, people like you and me are not like um, entrepreneurs. You know, I would have no <laughs> idea either. But, you know, Fred, know, Fred got out of McAllister. He went to um, – he started the way a lot of – he was a major in, in economics. He went to work for McKinsey in South Africa. And then so McKinsey sent him to Stanford Business School. Uh, and he got out wow. and he decided, I don't want, I don't want to do this. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to work for a big consulting company. I want to make a difference in the world. So he, he left McKinsey, had to pay him back for, for the tuition that they provided <laughs> for him to go to Stanford. That question. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah. yeah, he had to pay him back. Yeah. And figured, he, yeah. with some collaborators, founded something called the African Leadership Academy, which is thriving to this day. It's located outside Johannesburg, and it is a a Pan-African high school designed to bring some of the best talent on the continent together. Uh, It's small, uh, and most of those graduates go on to the best colleges and universities in the U.S. and in the U.K. So we we had uh, A graduates at McAllister, for instance. But what he realized was that two things. First of all, it was too small to have the kind of impact he wanted. And second of all, most of the graduates were leaving Africa. You know, they were graduating, they were going to Princeton, and they weren't going back. That was actually going to be a question of mine. That's a question of mine, but go ahead. Yeah. So he decided he needed something that was bigger uh, and that would focus more on people who were going to stay in the continent. Uh, And so he is, you know, he's a prodigious fundraiser. uh, And in order to start this kind of, ALU is a nonprofit. In order to start this kind of nonprofit, obviously, you need a lot of philanthropy. Uh, and he got philanthropy from a number of different sources, but the big one was that he was he got three hundred fifty million dollars from the Mastercard Foundation, uh, wow. which which is one of the wealthiest foundations. And a little piece of every penny that Mastercard makes goes into their foundation, and the focus of wow. their foundation is Africa. Wow. And so this was this thought. was I, I believe I believe the largest grant they've ever made. Uh, and a, a big chunk of that went to help fund scholarships and operating expenses at ALU. So right now the operating budget still depends very, very heavily on philanthropy. And so part of the, part of the goal over the next few years is to develop a, a sustainable operating budget that right. relies on a mix of philanthropy and tuition revenue. So you need some of those middle-class 
we're, we're not going to ever get at AOU the, the tiny group of ultra-wealthy people in Africa. They're always going to look to the U.S. and to Europe. It's just, it's just the way it is. Um, but we can, I think, tap into the market, the middle-class market in Africa, people who spend two or $3,000 a year to send their kids to high school and would certainly be willing that, to spend that much to send their kids to a first-rate African university. So, you know, we need a mix of, of those middle-class students and then students who are on scholarship. You know, ALU has students who grew up in refugee camps. They have yeah, students sure. who grew up in, in villages without electricity. Yeah. Uh, and that's part of its mission, to serve those students as well. But as you know, you need to be financially viable, so we need, yes, you we need do. some students who can afford to pay as well. So, um so, you know, that's that's the way it started and and I think it is the the powerful nature of the mission that has attracted the philanthropy. Are are they recruiting in the US or is it strictly for the African kids? It's it's almost exclusive. I'm thinking of African American kids. kids actually. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's a it's a good question, Larry, and there has been discussion about whether there could be effective recruiting among African diaspora around the world. Yeah. Um, there, you know, it's we have not focused on that yet, but there are a variety of partnerships that we have that bring American students to ALU for short periods of time. Uh, really? So cool. we have, yeah, there's a group of students from Yale who were there, a group of students from Princeton who were there. Uh, I'm trying to work out so that we can get a group of students from McAllister to come. Um, so right now the focus is really almost exclusively on it's an African university about Africa for African students. But I think as it grows, uh, there is the potential to have uh, some interest, particularly for doing something like a year at ALU for, sure, uh, that'd, for that'd be so cool. you know, the very large African diaspora. That'd, that'd be so cool. And, and I think it'd be thrilling for so many, just particularly African American students. Obviously, I mean to to go to the home continent, so to speak. Okay, and then, yeah, and, absolutely. And, yeah, it'd be wonderful. I mean, it'd be, just be so cool. Okay, and so useful and so helpful. And as many of them would stay in Africa. Okay, and do the, do the good work there that's needed. You know, bring their intelligence to that continent, etc. It's just really fascinating. This whole thing. I have to ask this. Uh, and I don't, I don't know if you're teaching there, but who are the professors? And uh, I, I'm going to ask this: Is the curriculum? Uh, I'm going to say it this way: well-rounded. I mean, is there is there base? Like you have to take history, you have to take math, you have to take uh, some literature, and then you get into your major, so to speak. Okay, but how? So, what's the curriculum like? And what are the? Who are the professors? Most of the faculty are African, um, and uh, again, because. There are there are so few PhDs in Africa relative to the need. Uh, there are some with PhDs, but a lot of them have master's degrees. A lot of them have been practitioners in their field. There are some faculty from other parts of the world who are just drawn from, to the mission from Europe, yeah. from the United yeah. States. And then there's a there's a growing group of what I would describe as visiting faculty who will come in for a term and teach a course. You know, they'll be on sabbatical from their home institutions, and they see this as, you know, super interesting uh, and very, very impactful. So, you know, one of the best professors who 
we've had in the time I've been there as a professor at the University of Washington who came in and taught two courses and students just absolutely loved the guy. Um, so it's a mix of, of mostly African faculty and then faculty yeah. from around the world. The curriculum I would describe as more narrowly focused than what you'd find, say, at an American liberal arts college. So this is not the place to go if you want to go to graduate school in um, nuclear physics. Medieval dance? Medieval dance? Would that be a good one? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's more focused, you. I would say, on areas related to those um, challenges and opportunities, heavy focus on conservation, on social science, um, some, you know, heavy focus on, on uh, things like software engineering and, uh, and computing, yeah. because that's where a lot of the jobs are, uh, and that's where a lot of the students go. Heavy focus on areas related to business, so economics, finance. You know, these are students who need to get jobs. The, it, job, uh, job isn't a luxury. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so job is there a is a real... Yeah. Yeah, so there's more of a focus on, I would describe as um, practically and professionally oriented fields that would be relevant to an African student population. So we don't, but it's not a research university, you know, with the exception of some research that's done in conservation, it's exclusively a teaching university. Uh, so faculty are not expected to do research. Yes. Exactly. In um, that in that way, there it's more like what you'd find, say, at an American Community College, where they're teachers. Uh, so um, not as not as broadly focused, um, but um, but necessary for that particular context. And I got to ask this, and you brought it up a minute ago, um, McAllister. By the way, I have to tell you something funny. When I, whenever I see the word whereas, just bring this mm -hmm. up. I always re read it as whereas. And it takes me a second to realize, wait a minute, it's whereas. And I have to go back and read the paragraph again. And every time I see McAllister, I say McAllister. And I have to go back and read You're it again. You're not the only one. You're yeah, so I apologize one. for that right off the bat. Okay. McAllister, friends are graduate of McAllister. Is this a hard, to, hard to convince them to send the group over there? The campus. Uh, I don't think so, actually. No, you know, McAllister has, has always had a very global focus. It has a lot of international students. Uh, has you know, yeah. in my experience, yeah. McAllister students loved traveling. They didn't want yeah. to. Student, McAllister students didn't want to go to Western Europe. They wanted to go to Africa, to Asia, <laughs> to South America. And so I don't think I, you know, I, there's just been so much to do at ALU. But I think the potential to send uh, McAllister students there would be very, very high. I think so, too. And I think when they find Mauritius the way you described it, I think you're going to have a hard time getting them back. Okay. Yeah, no, wow. if they go to, Mar they go to Mauritius, they are, uh, they're not yeah. going to want to leave. There's your line, Mauritius is delicious. Okay, I got to tell you. <laughs> Someone probably used that at some I point. I hope so. I hope so. Okay. But, uh, wow, what a, what a, this is so interesting. And so what, 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 what a, I'm just going to end it this way. They're doing that. Most of their money's coming in. Are they? Do they need any more help or anything like that? What can I do from this end, or listeners, or whatever? How do you? Well, help I mean, you know, Yes, yes. So one of my responsibilities right now is to help with U.S. fundraising. So we're going to try to ramp up efforts in this country to to get more support for ALU. But mostly, it's about getting the word out uh, about this really interesting educational model. 
Um, we've cool. got a lot of interest from the Carnegie Foundation out in California. We sent 25 students out to the campus of Stanford the last two summers, and hmm. I will tell you the American students were blown away by these African yeah, students and what they could do. Um, so um, just visibility, I think, at this point is is really important for ALU because ultimately visibility and awareness of the mission will translate into, into resources and to visiting faculty and to all of those things. So if you know of anyone who's really interested in, who is in education and interested in doing something impactful and different and adventurous, just have them contact me. <laughs> I will. This is fabulous. I'm so glad we did this. Thank you, Brian, as always. My pleasure. My great, pleasure. Great stuff. Okay? You're fun to have at the party. I, I appreciate you being here. Okay? Oh, I appreciate you having me. Uh, thank you. Okay, we'll talk again right. soon, I promise. Okay? All right, take care. Thanks, Billy. Bye. Bye-bye. Wow. Wow. That's everybody. That's Dr. Brian Rosenberg. Okay? An amazing guy. Okay, visiting professor, Harvard Graduate School of Education, former president, McAllister College, <laughs> not McAllister, <laughs> author and obviously senior consultant to the African Leadership University, which is really something, I got to tell you, all right, really cool, all right, and you learned about Mauritius, too. We're going to archive the show over at ace-ed.org, and I hope you pass this our show around. My name is Larry Jacobs. Wow, thank you for listening and have a great day.